This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners just like you. If you have the means and you'd like to contribute, click on the link in the show description to go to my supporter page. Once you're there, it's completely up to you how much you'd like to give. There's no minimum and no maximum and no ongoing charges. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening to The Saturday Quiz. Welcome once again to The Saturday Quiz, the podcast where I ask the 10 questions from the quiz in the Saturday paper and my guests try to come up with the correct answers. My name's John Leary and joining me today are two people who are both intimidatingly prolific in multiple fields. One of them is a screenwriter, a TV and film director and the co-author of a new book, Boldly Go, which he wrote with none other than William Shatner. And the other is a best-selling author, a comedian and broadcaster and the host of the true crime podcast, Loose Units. Welcome to the show, Joshua Brandon and Paul Verhoeven. Thank you for having us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for nailing. That pronunciation was spot on, by the way. Most people get stuck in that, like you're wandering through a dark forest at night, but you just breeze right through it. Really? The the Verhoeven or Verhoeven or... Oh, I've been called everything under the sun. I think, Josh, (laughs) did you ever have trouble with my name or was it all pretty pretty easy? I I pronounced it the same way the director pronounces his name, which is Verhoeven. (laughs) Have you met the other Paul Verhoeven? Not for lack of trying. I mean, occasionally, every time he releases a film, all the Dutch film journals come out of the friggin' woodwork and I'm getting tagged in all kinds of weird posts. In fact, I believe I'm on the press access list for the red carpet at Cannes. Cannes, sorry. Not Cannes, not like James Khan. I think film it is Khan. Is it Khan? Khan. You, you can Khan. call it Khan. Yeah, okay. Or did well, you mean I... the Queensland Cannes uh, Film Festival? <laughs> yeah, it's slightly less, slightly less upmarket. Salubrious, yeah. yeah. It's not quite as prestigious. But no, I, I haven't been able to track him down, but I would love to do a biography where it's just called Verhoeven on Verhoeven. <laughs> and the inside will be less salacious than the, that title would imply. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll find a way. I haven't met the other Josh Brandon, but there is one. Oh, who's the other Josh Brandon? So what does he do? So on Twitter, I'm the Josh Brandon because, and no offense to the other Josh Brandon, I don't really want my career to be confused with his. Now, is this a family podcast or not? Well, it can be, but give it your best shot. Uh, okay. Well, he is an award-winning male escort in the UK, a self-described oh. twink, and I believe winner of multiple Golden oh. Cock Awards. What? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that doesn't work that's, for me at uh, all. That's impressive. I mean, looking at you, Josh, you're clearly a bear, not a twink. So I am I think... more of a bear than a twink. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's no a one dead would confuse giveaway. me with a twink. And also, you don't live in England. You live in Los Angeles. That's true. But not every expat Australian gets to write a book with William Shatner. No, really just four or five of us, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I, I was one of those expats living in uh, LA, but I did not get to write a, a book with uh, William Shatner. But how did that come about? Uh, occasionally, I had just run into William Shatner through various connections, and it almost seemed like we were circling each other's orbit. I went to a charity event he hosted, met him for five seconds. A friend of mine was in a CBS show called Shit My Dad Says. He played his son, and he brought us backstage, and I met him for another five seconds then. And then in 2014, I was a writer on a show called Haven on the Sci-Fi Network. So I met him for another Brilliant. five seconds when he came into the writer's room before we shipped him off to freezing Nova Scotia in the Canadian winter, wondering if this will be the end of William Shatner. Nothing will be the end no, of William not Shatner. not even going to space and coming back and all of the other things he does. And so I still had his assistant's email address. And about a year and a bit ago, I just had this idea for a book. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to email 
Shatner's assistant. And I said, hi, do you still work for Mr. Shatner? Is there anyone on his team taking pictures? I have an exciting book idea. And I thought, you know what? I'm never going to hear back, but I've put it out into the universe and I won't die wondering. And I got an email that same day. Hi, Josh. Lovely to speak with you again. I chatted to Bill and he would like to call you tomorrow at three o'clock. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. So the next day I get a call. Hi, it's Kathleen calling with Bill Shatner. Okay, put him on. And I pitched my heart and soul out. And it was all about how in nine <laughs> decades on this planet, no matter what you do to this man, no matter how many times you count him out, he keeps coming back. And here's how you can do that as well. I get through this great pitch and he says two things. First, I don't think I have any wisdom that I can pass on to anyone else. I only know what's worked for me. And second, I think it would be arrogant for me to suggest otherwise. So I'm thinking, oh, he doesn't like the book. But I just yeah, pass. just had a 20-minute conversation with William Shatner. I'm good. I can retire now. Yeah, yeah. But then he goes further and he starts saying, what really excites me is I get out of bed every morning and I want to learn more. I read. I go out and I commune with my animals. I look at nature and I try to find these moments where they'll never come again. And he told me this great story about when... He was in the 70s traveling along a coastal highway in Ontario, Canada, and he saw an apple orchard hanging off over the freeway. So he pulled over, and as Paul told me, it, it is a crime. He scrumped an apple. <laughs> Bill Shatner scrumping apples in the 70s. And he bit into this Macintosh apple, and he said, I don't know what happened, but that apple had reached its perfect maturation point. I can still hear the crack of the skin, feel the juices flowing down my throat. And for me, that was a moment that could have only occurred at that exact time, and I was there to witness it. And I was just wrapped, and I said, Bill, that's the book. Yeah. So he paused, and he said, all right, well, why don't you write me a few pages, and if I like it, let's see if anyone wants to buy it. Oh. And it kind of just went from there. We didn't even know he wow. was going to space at that point. That is, I mean, that's fantastic. Was Is the Apple story in the, in the book? Weirdly enough, the Apple story did not make it into the book, but we've been telling it to promote the book <laughs> I everywhere see. we go. Nice. But also nice. what wasn't going to be in the book was this trip to outer space because he didn't know that was happening. But the day he went to space was obviously the day we sent the proposal to publishers. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. And what about you, Paul? You share your podcast with your ex-cop father. What's yes. that like? You're going to say uh, his ex-father, and I didn't yeah, know my there was such a thing. No, but he's he's great to work with for the most part. I mean, what's interesting is he has skyrocketed into a fame level that I don't think is normal for a man in his 60s. He went from working as a uh, as a police officer to a firefighter to a private detective to the head of security at the Opera House. He ran a funeral home. This guy has had the most crazy careers and he just sort of brushed it off for years. And actually, I was pitching books at Penguin. I was in the headquarters of Penguin Publishing and I was pitching an idea for a fiction book. And they said, look, no, thanks. Um, do you have any other ideas? And I sort of just panicked and said, well, my dad's got lots of stories about when he was a cop in the 80s. So what if I did like a Princess Bride style thing where in the present day I'm sitting down drawing these stories out of him. And in the flashbacks, we're in an 80s period piece, high octane kind of action series and uh, they sent the offer two days later. And, wow. Yeah, and then after the uh, book came out and went quite well, Dad and I were told by Tegan Higginbotham, my wife, that we should be doing a podcast. And so we got onto the airwaves, and now we've just cracked 7 million listens. Like, it's become this huge... Amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's a weird family business. But That's almost as many as I get for this. Yeah. So, yeah, but well done. It's not. They're not there for me. Like, it's people love my dad to the point where... 
dad's inbox on Instagram is full of, I'm just going to say it, pretty inappropriate stuff because <laughs> middle-aged ladies, they love true crime and they love dad. Paul, and that's your third wow. book right there, going down the rabbit yeah. hole of some of those inbox stories. No, that's just therapy, Josh. I just, I'm going to need therapy. <laughs> now, listen, on this season of the podcast, I've been asking my guests if they have a favourite piece of trivia. Do either of you have a favourite piece of trivia? As far as favourite trivia facts go, I've got two and they're sort of tied. One is that rainbow paddle pops are just caramel flavoured, but you're, <laughs> which is a terrible truth, and your brain actually just interprets it as rainbow flavour, and that was a real that was a real kick in the nuts when I first heard it. But the, um, the uh, flavour palette, the scent of uh, Coca-Cola is cinnamon and lemon, which I didn't actually realise until recently. So those Wait, are, what? Yeah, cinnamon and lemon. That's, that's Coke. That's what you're tasting. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's blown my mind. Oh, great. So I still haven't been able to think of anything dramatic. I, <laughs> I I, do remember, and this is unverified, I remember hearing a Ricky Gervais piece of trivia or podcast from way back in the day where he said that there is an island somewhere in Indonesia where the spiders have won. They basically own the island and you have to work around them and you can't go to any number of places on the island because the spiders have won. Wow. I found that interesting. And the other thing is a piece of trivia about Matchbox 20. The band Matchbox 20. Yeah. They suck. Yeah. I don't like them. Okay. I don't think Is that the trivia? That's the trivia. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't (laughs) groundbreaking. (laughs) Well, thanks for that bit of trivia. Uh, We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to the Saturday Quiz. I'm joined today by Joshua Brandon and Paul Verhoeven. We're going to start with question number one. The Best Picture Oscar winner of 2022, Coda, focuses on members of which community? And there's a bonus point for naming what Coda stands for. Uh, it's actually, I believe it's um, it'd be Auslan. I mean, it's called Auslan here, but it's about uh, people who are hearing impaired. Right, and I believe right. it stars Marley Matlin from The West Wing, and I think, I think she's maybe the most beautiful person on the planet. And we're friends on Twitter, and I keep um, keep wanting to tell her how much I love her, but that seems inappropriate. She'll be reading the transcript of this. Yep. Yeah, she'll never call me. Back. Are you really friends on Twitter? That's funny. Yeah, I got a lot of weird. I mean, that's why the Elon stuff upset me so much because I've built up this weird network of famous to semi-famous people who, again, as to your point earlier on, I think they think I'm the other Paul. <laughs> They, they always respond. They can't tell the difference between funny. you and like an eighty-year-old Dutch man. Yeah, it's uh, well, I'm wearing clogs just out of shot, so maybe that sort of ambient Dutchness gives them a bit of a hit. But yeah, uh, I think I think it's hearing impaired, but I couldn't tell you what Coda stands for. Yeah, you're right. the The answer that I have in front of me is the deaf community. Okay. So hearing impaired covers that absolutely. So Coda, do you know what that stands for? No idea. So it's an acronym. If it's about the deaf community, what do you reckon the D might stand for? Audio or audible. It's a case of dodgy audio. Coda. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Apologies to the deaf community. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure they have a sense of humour. We'll, we'll break it down. Yeah. So the D is super easy. Yeah, it is. 
Death. Sorry. Death <laughs> okay. is Death. what it is what it stands for. Yeah, all right, all right. Did either of you see the film? No. 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 Otherwise you would, feel you would know the answer to this have. question. Um I claim to be in the oh. industry, but I didn't see it. I have a screener of it at home. <laughs> oh, that's not Yeah. In the movie it it focuses on a family. Is community one of the words? No. Okay. But what what is an element of a family that starts with C? A, a unit of family. Children? I mean, uh, oh, a unit. Child. child. Okay. Yeah. Child. Oh, child of deaf something? Yeah. Adult? Child of deaf adult. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, Coda is child of deaf adults. So, the, the kind of main protagonist of the film, Coda, is a Coda herself. Oh, that's lovely. There you go. All right. Question number two. Logophilia. Is a love of what? Hmm. Who or what does a logophile love? Is it silly enough to say logos or something in the advertising world? Well, it is, that is silly okay. um, <laughs> because it's incorrect. But the the Greek word logos, I mean, it, it gives us the word logic and... What, like fear of smart people? I mean, my wife, Tegan, no, has... Philia, um, philia, love. No, it's philia, so it's a love of oh, rather it's than a phobia. phobia. Right, so that'd be Legophile. Tegan's a Legophile, actually. She hates my collection. I've got this... My study is full of the damn stuff and she That really makes hates her, her a Legophobe. Oh, I'm sorry. You're a Legophile. Yeah. <laughs> You're a Legophile. Wait. <laughs> no, I am. I'm not... Not Legophile. Logophile. logophile. Yeah. Okay. We're not doing one for the intellectual community here, are we, Paul? Not really, it's, no. It's not great. But no. you can tell your listeners we actually knew all the answers, but we were told to make jokes. <laughs> sure. So we attempted some. I don't feel like I'm doing that either. I think <laughs> yeah, fail on both Gosh, counts. logic, I don't know, books, reading, um, someone who loves to read. A- even more down to a fundamental unit of books. Oh, God. Um, like what a- are books made of? Well, words. Paper. A word. Word. Lover. Words. Oh. Yeah. So the word, the Greek word logos means word, discourse, or reason. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a logophile or logophilia is someone who loves words. I love words. I wish I knew more of them. Well, the unfortunate thing I don't tell you about uh, writing books is that uh, every time you use a word, it gets deleted from your brain. So you only get a few books. <laughs> I don't know how Stephen King's doing it. I think he's hiring other people. I guess, yeah, I like words, I guess. you know. Yeah, you're a logophile. Yeah, okay. You can call yourself a logophile. Can you please just edit this? In, go back, re-edit my um, introduction and just add logophile. <laughs> sure. Johnny, I think the answer you. that you're looking for is a lover of words, if I'm not mistaken, a logophile. That'll be the version we cut in. <laughs> It won't be, but uh, I love that that I've got it if I need it. All right, question number three. Question number three is a multiple choice, Mm. but I don't think that you're going to need the choices. So I'm going to ask you the question without the choices, but they're in the question, so I have to rejig the question a little bit. Mm. But Joe Biden is what number president of the United States? He's the 46th president. He is the 46th president. Look at that. You got if you that. don't count Grover Cleveland twice. Wait a second. What? Oh, that's a good piece of trivia. I should have brought that up at the beginning. No, this is great. Bring Grover it up Grover Cleveland was elected president sometime in the 1800s. And in his second election, he won the popular vote, but lost the electoral college, as we know, which happened to Al Gore and to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And his wife supposedly remarked to the, the White House staff, leave everything where it is, we'll be back in four years. And he ran again a third time in a row, and this time won the popular vote and the Electoral College and served his second term non-consecutively. But he oh. is listed as, I don't know what it is, the 25th and the 27th president. 
Yeah, and I see. Uh, he's actually got a really lovely um, presidential library. There's only one book in there, and it's the president at the end of this book. That is the stupidest, stupidest <laughs> joke for like two people, and they're not enjoying it. They're grown. I love it. All right, thanks. I love it. That's a that's a Grover joke for anyone that uh, Sesame Street Grover joke. It's a little Golden Book listening. joke. That's a very yeah. very specific joke. But thank you very much. That is excellent bonus information about Grover Cleveland. A president we don't hear enough about, I think. That is weird that they have counted him twice. Is he the only non-consecutive president? He is the, president? the only non-consecutive president. But we we count them twice as well, I believe, because we had Kevin Rudd, who was a non-consecutive prime minister. And I think back in the day, you know, when, when Deacon was in and, and all those original folks, I think they used to go in and out of government and opposition all the time. And, and in England, yeah. Winston Churchill was a prime minister twice. Uh, yeah, and uh, who else was... Uh, oh, Whitlam, uh, not Whitlam, the the other one. Um, Menzies. Menzies. Yep. Yeah, Menzies. Just before was... the war and then again for a couple of hundred years. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And of course, uh, uh, the new Doctor Regeneration sequence in Doctor Who had David Tennant coming back, not as the 10th Doctor, but as the 14th Doctor. He's now two concurrent Doctors. Oh, wow. This, my understanding of politics is in nil, but I could talk for a hours about Doctor Who. Apologies for trying to drag it drag it down to my level. Yeah, well, let, let's not do that. Let's move on to question number four. It's another easy one, I reckon. What colour does red and blue make when mixed? I believe it's green. I'm sorry, you believe it's what now? <clears throat> Did I say green? That's red and yellow. Red and blue. I'm actually colourblind, so it's not surprising that my brain got that wrong. Because <laughs> you actually got the second one wrong as well. Red, red and yellow and make orange. Oh. Oh, blue and Purple. yellow make green. Blue and yellow make green. Oh, and so the third secondary color remaining is... Purple. Purple. Exactly. Purple is a fruit. And that's <laughs> for the Simpsons that. fans out and, there. Yep, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Good. Moving right along. Question number five. Australia will play which nation's cricket team in this year's Boxing Day test. Oh, Josh is going to have trouble answering this because Josh recently suffered a pretty traumatic cricket-related injury. That's true. But I suffered, what? It, I suffered it in India, whereas we will be playing the West Indies. No. <laughs> no, I didn't suffer it in India. I, I, well, <laughs> I, I think you probably did. We won't still be uh, playing, I don't know what this injury is. We won't be playing the Windies in the, in the Boxing Day test? No, we're not. We, we finish up uh, with the Windies in a minute. Oh, gosh. We're not up the and Ashes then, again, are we? No, it's not the Ashes again. This team, uh, we haven't played in a Boxing Day test since 2008. That was the year I left Australia. <laughs> Who did we play that, that fateful summer? I can't answer. Mm. I've, I've literally never watched a game of cricket in my life. So I'm... Wow. I'm, I'm wo Yeah, which is, makes me a bad Australian. I know I'm sure I feel it's... bad. I was so confident it was the Windies because we were playing... Yeah, you were, you were right on it. <laughs> I want to know about this injury, that, this cricket-related injury oh, sure. that you suffered. I was in India for a little bit of work with one of the companies I, I do business with and... They had a social cricket that game That sounds on so Sundays. dodgy. It what does, the hell does. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only here to promote my 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 entertainment-related work, but I do some work in the transcription and translation field as well. Oh, cool. And we, okay. have, we have a team you, in You're India. also a drug runner, so, you know, <laughs> obviously you spend most of your drug, time down... Now I'm a drug walker because of this injury. What was this injury? What happened? Yeah, please, how did it happen? I was playing cricket and just with their social game that they play on Sundays, and I hit a big six right out of the, I would say, the stands, but it was just a little dirt schoolyard and twisted my knee and then found out a few days later after an MRI that I'd torn my ACL completely. 
Oh, wow. That's a season ender. I was about to say, in sporting parlance, I'm out for the season. So I've had the surgery <laughs> back in LA, and, and now I'm two months uh, out of a 12-month recovery. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Sorry about that. No, yeah. it's good, actually. Josh and myself and Tegan and Josh's wife and a bunch of other people went to Disneyland recently, and Josh got one of those cool scooters. And let me tell you something. If you hide in the wake of those things, you can go straight to the front of any line. I mean, it's almost it's almost worth story. the injury. Hilarious. Okay. We're no closer to okay, finding so out which team problem, is playing the Boxing Day test. The problem, Johnny, is now I would just feel like I'm going to throw out names of countries. Is that how you want us to narrow it down? That is exactly how okay. I want you to narrow it down. Is it Pakistan? It is not Pakistan. Is it Bangladesh? It is not Bangladesh. New Zealand? It is not New Zealand. It, well, it's not England. We've played them in a Boxing Day test. Yeah, it's not England. Equatorial Guinea. <laughs> just no, take it, just a, take it a you're actually, You're actually... Geographically closer. Oh no! Um, what's near Equatorial Guinea, Siri? What's near Equatorial Guinea? <laughs> I didn't quite catch that. Well, yeah, good point. Um, South Africa. South Africa is the right answer. Yeah. Very well done. The cricket. You got box. there in the end. <laughs> yeah, I ran out of countries and then suddenly remembered they also play cricket. Yeah, very good. Australia will play South Africa in the Boxing Day test. Johnny, do, do most of your guests get get the bulk of these right? Are we are we just doing a disservice to your entire podcast here? Not at all. Look, in all honesty, the sports question generally trips up most of my guests because all, they yeah. are usually big old nerds. We're big old nerds. Big old you know. nerds. I mean, I nerds would, and we're... actors and comedians. And yet yeah, we didn't yeah. know the movie question or or the Latin question, the writing question, no. the color question. No, I mean, I literally, I genuinely thought the ashes were Donald Bradman's ashes okay i believe that sincerely for a long time did I you really paul don bradman died in the late 90s how your your window for believing this has to be pretty specific and you were you were a teenager at the point you must have started believing it i'm so phenomenally stupid you know how you can have almost little weird dumb things exist in a bubble until you get to adulthood and you know, like you'll mispronounce a word, a very easy word in front of a room full of people in your thirties. Like adulthood. You. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, par- or paradigm. That one happened, I think on the radio one time, but that's not oh, important because I was wow. using it. In- yeah, For anyway, me, it was, you know. it was quaffed, which I thought was coiffed. I did chutzpah. Oh, chutzpah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That was very embarrassing. Hyperbole. I didn't actually say that, but that's a good one. <laughs> All right. We I have to take not- another break. We'll be right back. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is the Saturday Quiz. I'm joined today by Joshua Brandon and Paul Verhoeven. We're up to question number six. Dr. Megan Christian has become Australia's first female what? Astronaut. Oh, sorry. Yes. Astronaut, (laughs) Joshua. Paul with the joke answer. I'll go you you further on this. Uh, She pronounces it McGann. And I know that because I went to you. Wow. We were just talking about pronunciation. Yeah. And I didn't check that because I thought no one's going to be called McGann. Yeah, I Is recall it? her pronouncing it McGann. McGann. I knew her at uni. So Dr. McGann Christian. You knew her at university? Yeah, yeah. We at did um, the Yellow Shirts University of New South Wales, right? together. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I heard about the news on Facebook. 
<laughs> How amazing. Interesting. She, she is phenomenal. Is, is she? What else do you know about her? Well, I always knew she was academically gifted, and it, this really did not surprise me. She was always really smart, but also one of the most down-to-earth, bubbly people. Always, always had a smile on her face. She, she was one of those people, didn't even need a cup of coffee, just happy to be helping. And, you know, you kind of scowl at them under your breath because you don't know where this font of energy comes from. And uh, now we know it'll wow. take her all the way to outer space. That's so cool. My Lord. Yeah. Well, yeah. She, she is a materials scientist and atmospheric physicist. And she won the University of New South Wales University Medal in Industrial Chemistry. She's one of 11 reservist astronauts selected as part of the European Space Agency's 2022 astronaut class, alongside five career astronauts and one para-astronaut from more than 22,500 eligible applicants. So, So she's a reservist. Is that like King Ralph? You know, where all the other heirs to the throne get electrocuted at a photo shoot and then suddenly John Goodman is like the king? It... What I'm asking is how... How many people do we have to I'm execute asking- in order for McGann to go into outer space? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just being practical. If we really, if we really I believe don't in think her. it's that many that we that we have to electrocute before she can go to space. That's great, because I, um, I only know how to electrocute um, less than 10 people. So. Well, good. I think we're in luck. Fun fact, this will be the second... Yes. Per- once she goes into space, she'll be the second person I know who's gone into outer space. Yeah, right. The, the other person... You've written a book with, right? Indeed. Incredible. And you're also, I think, fun fact, you might be the first person to appear on this podcast who knows one of the questions. Oh, yeah, the object of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, one of the people in the questions. That's, I mean, that makes up for all the questions that you've got wrong thus far. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. (laughs) That's saving grace. Now, unfortunately, I know that we're, we're saying that she's the first Australian... Uh, female astronaut but in actual fact she will be representing the united kingdom if she goes to space having been born there and holding uh the uk citizenship she's also a citizen of do you know which two other countries apart from australia i would only be guessing ireland not ireland it's an a nearby neighbor to australia and do you know where she currently lives and works well, I think she lives in Canberra. Oh, <laughs> well, then, then I'm wrong. Oh, well, um, maybe she did live in Canberra last time. I, I think she lives and works in Italy at the moment oh. because she, well, I she guess for has... The, yeah, for the European stuff, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, an Italian uh, citizenship and New Zealand citizenship. Right. I, just, I do know Canberra lo- tried to claim her as, as their own in one of the articles because she worked there at some point. Yeah. 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 Who, who hasn't wanted to get out of Canberra at, at, at moments notice? Right, I mean, right into outer space. Yeah, that's how badly she wanted to leave. She's like, I'm going all the way up. Had a bad run in at the Queensland Leagues Club. uh, It's a Queanbeyan Leagues Club. And and thought, (laughs) how far away can I get? Oh, there's an astronaut program. I'm going to sign up. Yoink. Just skitch along the back of the rocket. Okay, question number seven. Which of these countries does the Mekong River not flow through? India, Myanmar, Laos, or Thailand? Uh, I'm going to say India. I'm also going to say India. Yeah, you're going to be right. Very well done. Because what's the what's the uh, river in India? Oh, no. No, don't make me answer this question, honestly. No, go on. the Ganges? The Ganges. That's what, the I was, right that's what I was going to say. I was going to say the Ganges. And I, I chickened out and you ran ahead and you um, you just stole all the glory. And he, I respect you. Yeah. yeah. So the Mekong is the world's 12th longest river and the third longest in Asia. It originates in the Tibetan Plateau 
and the river runs through China, Myanmar, Laos, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. Question number eight. The opposite faces of a standard dice always add up to what number? I'd say f- well, seven. Yeah, what were, what were you going to say, Paul? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I was going to say. What were you going to say? No, though? it doesn't matter, dude. It sounded like he was going to say what five. Was it? No, it doesn't matter. Did. One. It doesn't matter. Because, no, because whatever you think, it was wrong. 13. Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, but clearly seven is a good answer, so... Well, seven is a good answer because it's the correct answer, but I'm really intrigued to know what... I was going to say four. For some reason in my head, I just went, there's three on one side, there's one on the other. I just thought you could mix it up. And and then in my, in my stupidity, I thought maybe some dice are yeah. just made differently. You know? I tried to find out why, like, because there's dice going back like 3,000 to 3,000 BC. Yeah. So there's bone and stone dice that are very, very, very old. Mm. I was trying to find out if even back then the faces added up to seven. Uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't find out if that's what they they do or if that's a more contemporary thing but it seems like even way back then they worked it out that well that's what we should do i have a very strange question for both of you when you are playing any kind of board game that involves dice and you roll the dice on the table and they go off the table do you then like watch to see where they land and use the numbers that they land on wherever they've landed off the table like on the floor or whatever or do you regard it as like a um They've gone a off into like a, a void. It's like a, yeah, and then you bring them back and redo them. How do you? Yeah, I bring you, them back. Yeah, bring right. them back. Okay, they're going to be on the playing surface. Yeah, mm. I mean, maybe if I were playing on the floor and they just one of them rolled off and and still landed face up and not just askew, maybe we'd consider it. Yeah. But if it fell off the playing surface, like the table. I think it's a misdeal or a misdraw. Yeah. That's interesting. Every family has slightly different rules. I mean, when I play Uno, I get in trouble because the official rule says that draw twos aren't cumulative. You can't right. chain draw two, draw two, draw yeah. two, and then draw eight. Everyone plays that rule, though. Yeah, but- Well, not since they announced it, that, that yeah. it was- they, they only announced that recently. I think it was last year. Yeah, and you yeah. they did it just before Christmas just to have the maximum amount of fights. Like, so many people- Trying to compete with the Monopoly fighting. All right, question number nine. The viral disease varicella is more commonly known as what? Isn't that like an or, Italian lemonade? Or V A R I C E L L A. More commonly known as what? Now, I'm assuming uh, if you both grew up here in Australia that you would both have been given the vaccine for it in your childhood. Mm. That's a good question. Well, I'm just trying to think because I know when I was And you, kid, de- actually, Joshua, you definitely would have. Uh, do you have a green card? I do. Yeah, you definitely would have. Even if you hadn't had it as a child, you would have had it as an adult as part of your application process for your green card. Was it measles? It's not. It's the other one. Rubella. No, the other one. Mumps. <laughs> no, the other one. Measles, mumps, rubella. That's MMR. Hang what, on. Rabies? Hang on. <laughs> Tetanus? No, is this is this a thing that I was oh, chicken forced- pox? Yeah, I was. Forced- it is chicken pox. Oh, okay, so the reason I was confused is there wasn't a chicken pox vaccine when I was a kid. When I oh. was a kid, they it, you just it had to out, get it. Not only did you have to get it, everybody thought you were supposed to give it to your child as soon as possible, the so they would have chicken pox parties. Yep. Oh, that's so. Dread- when my sister got it at age four, my mother fed me with her spoon at age nine months or a year and a bit because oh, that's wow. what 
the prevailing medical advice was make sure that your kids get it as soon as possible. Oh my God. So you were, oh God, it's like a key party, oh but with diseases. And by the way, key parties also, think, also transmit diseases. So I believe they do. Yeah. 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 I, I, I find that so wild because in this day and age, can you imagine sending your kid to be, well, I, I shouldn't joke because some people actually do that, but I mean, giving you the spoon, that is like old school Roman empire, assassinate yeah. the baby emperor kind of behavior it's- but that was inoculation that's what they thought the yeah, best thing yeah. to do was to give you a little bit of the virus although in this case we got a whole ton of the virus i have yeah, things everywhere i think got i got the virus okay well done yes vericella is more commonly known as chickenpox and we're up to the final question are you ready yep i can't it's another I sports question ready. it's a rare second sports question in this uh, Paul, you're up. quiz oh no it's lacrosse isn't it question number 10 who last month became the first male soccer player to score a goal at five different World Cups? Last month. La- yeah, last month. Okay, so a game played in the World Cup in November. Mm-hmm. Literally the last male soccer player whose name my brain has chosen to retain is is Cahill. And he's obviously been out. Tim for Cahill? A- yeah. I think he's retired. I'm going to say Lionel Messi. Oh, you you're right in a way. Well, you you know I can understand your your because uh, he's played so many World Cups. That's yeah, he's played so many World Cups, but so has this guy. Is oh, he the guy with that terrible statue? Remember he had the bad statue made. Is it the oh, what's his name? Um, I remember you're seeing footage of Diego Maradona. Your Maradona. Maradona. Yeah, Am yeah. I? No, I'm not. No, I'm actually thinking of, this guy had short hair. Um, Pele. Ronaldo. Oh. Yeah, it, it is, is Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Are you it wow. is. Are you Does he have a weird statue of himself? There's an somewhere? amazing. There's an amazingly bad statue of Ronaldo, <laughs> and it was because I went through this period where I was obsessed with. Remember the monkey Jesus, that old woman? Oh yeah, who ruined that fresco? Yes. That fresco. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, we were all a bit drunk, and um, my friends hadn't actually seen it, so we went through this sort of carousel, this sushi train of ruinously bad artwork, and one of them was the bust of Ronaldo, and I think. If, if I've seen a badly done artwork of any historical figure, I will never forget them, as it's just been proven. But this was, I mean, it was spectacularly bad. And I think James Corden did a parody with Beckham, oh. but I don't know. Oh. I know. Of all these all these catchphrases just making you cringe, this yeah. perfect storm of cringe. But no, Ronaldo, that is, I, I'm a little upset that I knew that. Frankly. Yeah, well, you you are correct. Cristiano Ronaldo, he plays as a forward and captains the Portugal national team. He's regarded as one of the best footballers ever. He holds multiple records, including most appearances, most goals, and most assists in the Champions League, most goals in the European Championship, most international goals and international appearances by a European. And he's one of the few players to have made over 1,100 professional career appearances and has scored over 800 official senior career goals for club and country and yeah, as we said, he's the only male player to score in five World Cup tournaments. Not the first person to score five goals in five World Cups. Mm-hmm. I knew that. That goes to Marta Vieira da Silva, more commonly known just as Marta, uh, who is a Brazilian professional footballer who plays as a forward for the Orlando Pride in the National Women's Soccer League and the Brazil national team. And she is often regarded as the greatest female footballer of all time. Wow. Nice. How about We've that? got two sports questions. One was about cricket, which was 
and I do like cricket, but don't live here. And the other one was about soccer, which I've never paid attention to. So, and Paul got it. I love that. Brilliant. Well, that's it, gentlemen. That is the quiz. Thank you so much for for joining me today. You did okay. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna say that you did really well. I we do. Well, we wouldn't um, believe you if you did. But. <laughs> You did okay. Yeah, well, we're not here to win points. We're here to brag about ourselves. By the way, can I just say, listen, uh, to everybody listening, please grab a copy of Josh's book, Boldly Go. It is shockingly good. It's incredibly readable. It just it flies by. It's a real treat. And I'm so- You hear that, everyone? He was shocked how good it was. I was surprised <laughs> that you could string two words together. No, I was basically- My first response was incandescent with rage because uh, you got to spend time with William Shatner. But once that subsided, once it gradually calmed down, it was just love for the book and for you. So please go and read his book. It's amazing. Thank you. I, I am a known logophile. Excellent. Yes, known <laughs> logophile, Joshua Brandon, and your book, Boldly Go, which you co-wrote with William Shatner, is available right now in bookstores. Yep, it came out this week. And if you can't find it in a bookstore, ask for it or get it online. Excellent. And Paul, where can we find your podcast, uh, Loose Units? Loose Units is available everywhere you get your podcasts. We've, we're releasing a bunch of new uh, live episodes from our recent tour. And if you want, and you should, uh, you can grab my second book, which came out relatively recently called Electric Blue. That's out. Excellent. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for doing the quiz. It's been a real okay. pleasure. Anytime. Thank you, Johnny. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thank you to my guests, Joshua Brandon and Paul Verhoeven. I've just started reading Josh's book and it's a real cracker. I highly recommend it. This happens to be the penultimate episode of this season of the Saturday Quiz. So next week will be a little different with twice as many guests and four times as many questions. I hope you can join me. Thank you as always to the marvellous Cindy McDonald for writing the quiz. My name's John Leary and I'll have more questions for you. Same time next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.